Welcome everyone to the Main Street Business Podcast with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. We're delighted to be with you today because we have a trilogy, a trilogy series we are about to drop today on asset protection. Yep. Not that many of you aren't familiar with trilogies as Hollywood can't come up with a decent new movie concept sometimes, <laughs> oftentimes. So uh, we're, we're joining ranks. Now, some of you may have caught the bait. You know, can't beat them, join them. That's what we're going to Yep, can't beat him, join him. So uh, some of you may have also caught the beta version of this. We shot <laughs> round one of the asset protection uh, level one last week, and the audio just wasn't up to par. And so if you caught it and we're like, what's freaking going on? Well, we're re-recording. And you know what? It just gets better the second time around. Better insights, more info. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. So please, if you listen before, listen again. The jokes might even be better too. So. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. I even have a client testimonial that I've been carrying around for 10 plus years that I'm going to read. Wow. I love that. It's going to be good. Man, that was like in cursive. That in cursive? It's in cursive, pencil, (laughs) and the wear and tear. I can't believe I haven't lost this. I can lose my passport in a matter of months, but um, I cannot (laughs) lose this for some reason. So. Yeah. Now we're talking about asset protection. There's, we're going to do three parts on this. Okay. This is part one. We want to get the foundation laid, make sure everybody knows where they need to start when they're thinking about asset protection. A lot of people start at the end. No, 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 no. Don't get ahead yeah. of yourself. Set yeah. up a million entities, unlimited LLCs. Ah. No, let's start at the beginning. All right. Like a good book. Start at the beginning. What do you need to know? No. Love it. Okay, so we're going to get into it. Now, it may be seven, eight, nine, ten. Matt and I have two different lists here, and we're going to see how it comes together. Uh, this will ultimately be formulated into a blog article so that those that enjoy a good read at night and can't sleep, you could pull this out and read it, and we will guarantee a good night's sleep as well. We can yep. guarantee it. We or can put that in a box. Yep. 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 Money back guarantee. Money back guarantee. Now, um, we will come to scams in a moment. That's number two, because there is so much crap being sold out there on asset protection. And we want to talk about the perspective of how you approach asset protection. But number one, number one, which we kind of fell into last week. We got we didn't start with this number one. And then we realized this is really number one. So tailoring it to your individual needs. Matt, how would you unwrap that? Well, it's like a good suit, you know? You don't just buy it off the rack, all right? Mm. You don't buy a bigger one than, you know, you haven't even been to the weight room yet that you're kind of like, I'm going to grow into this or I'm going to I'm gonna slim down to this. No, 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 okay? Buy it that fits your situation now and have it tailored to your situation. The asset protection planning Mark might do is different than me, okay? Mm. Even though we might do very similar things and you might think that, that the, the, your other friend that's an, a real estate investor just like you might have a totally different asset protection plan. So- Everyone's going to be unique. It's a lot of different things at play. We're going to get into some of those things today. Um, so just know this is not like off the shelf. Everyone gets the same setup structure. Which leads into scams here in any moment because there's so many companies that want to just sell a one size fits all. And the uh, other perspective I would make is on this tailoring it to your individual needs is it doesn't have to be expensive. In fact, some of the best asset protection is free. 
it's just changing the way you do things and doing it a little more wisely and carefully and being smart about your transactions. And that's going to be a lot of level one. And so believe it or not, we're not coming out of the gate encouraging all of you to set up an entity in the Cayman Islands and give us a $10,000 retainer and you can have unlimited LLCs and all this BS. That's crap. It is crap. And so level one is just about being smart, being careful and tailoring it to your needs. Some of you need to spend a few grand, get some crap put together. Some of you don't need to spend a dime. It's just, so that that, that should be good news. That's good news. Yeah. We're saving you money right now. I mean, yeah. Um, and so, and I'll even say this just on the LLC setting, a lot of people jump to that. Um, we have clients that have hundreds of properties and have one LLC. We have clients that do an LLC for freaking everything. Okay. There's also a certain amount of appetite some people have, and this could be because of risks that they have, which we'll get into in a second. So, so you might be like, well, I need all this asset protection and I'm going to do everything I can because I don't want to lose anything. Some of you might be like, eh, I'm going to do what I need to. Only what I have to. Am I going to go set up? More of a cowboy, as Kid Rock yeah. might say, you know? Yeah. And yeah, we can all be different. That's okay. Yep. Some of you like the three-piece suit. Some of you just like the two-piece. Some of you just like a sport jacket and slacks, you know? Yeah. If you want to feel like a cowboy, just listen to Kid Rock, cowboy. You buckle up. He's going west. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I won't quote any of his very crude lyrics but he's throwing caution to the wind in his song yeah. okay let's just say the, the kid rock optional though yeah that's, that's right. optional okay, that's, that's optional. optional um <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh all right so number two so number one everybody is tailor it to your you tailor your asset protection plan to you don't think that you have to spend a lot of money don't overdo it okay number two is scams Woo. Man, I've been, I've had a a very hectic morning and I'm ready to unload. I'm really am. I'm just pissed. I'm already mad. (laughs) This is the perfect (laughs) subject, but I mean, you know, this is is like gas fire. (laughs) I am so sick and tired of these companies out there that have to sell you an LLC for everything you need or give you free LLCs or as many LLCs as you need thinking that they, uh, that that's all you need. You fall prey to this. And I apologize for some of you that if this has happened to you and you think, oh, this is great. My asset protection needs are done. And they scam you. They want to upsell you on credit repair, credit lines. They want to sell you other garbage that you even don't need further. Um, just this week, I had a client it, uh, it was on my live, my YouTube live. He said, hey, I have a Wyoming S corporation and I live in Florida and I'm a, a physician assistant. Is that, am I okay? I'm like, no, you don't need a Wyoming S corp. And, and, and he knew it and he was embarrassed and a lot of us get scammed and we don't even want to talk about it. And, oh, I'm just so mad. I've got more to say on this, but Matt, your take on this scam industry, it's really one of the worst in the legal profession. Yeah, and they're not even legal professionals. They're not yes. real lawyers. Okay, <laughs> saying saying they're part of the legal profession is like saying the person selling you essential oils is like a surgeon. You know, yeah. I got an essential oil for this. Oh, it'll cure cancer. Just rub it on. It's a hundred dollars a bottle. All right, yeah. that's kind of yeah. what these people are. They just like they have a solution that you think is legit, 
and they sell it to you, it's usually overpriced, way more than, well, you're even a real lawyer. That's what blows my mind. It's not necessarily cheaper. So in many instances, we'd rather you go online and do it your freaking self it, than, than these people that set up this super complicated structure that doesn't fit your situation. Because here's, let me say the, the, the two reasons why, there's so many reasons why people get screwed on this, but I'll give you a couple. You're going to lose money. You're going to waste and throw money away. You're going to spend more money having to fix the thing. You're going to be in a state that you had no business being in. You don't do business in that state. Why are you going to Nevada or Wyoming to set this thing up? It's nothing to do with the business that you're doing in Florida or whatever state you may have. Your administrative costs to keep that thing active, to pay states in a state you've never even set one foot in. Why am I doing this? Okay. There's all this baggage that comes with this bad decision. Yep. Um, let alone all the costs you have to restructure and do it right the second time. Yep. And uh, one last word in this and we'll move on. I is, and you can have the last word as well, Matt, is... Yeah. Are there times where you need to set up in Nevada? Sure. Are times we are going to set up clients in Wyoming? Absolutely. There's some high-end double layer uh, cope. We're going to talk about ch- charging order protection in level two and three in our future podcasts. Please listen in. But 90% of the time, you don't need that stuff. And these companies make it sound sexy and sell it. Now, here's the one that just pissed me off the other day too. This was about a month ago. This client... She, she knows who she is. She calls me up. She's listening. She, I know she listens to the podcast and says, hey, I, I'm setting up a new entity. What should I do? And I'm like, well, what are you doing? Oh, well, I'm coaching a bunch of real estate investors and I'm really doing well. I love it. I'm coaching. I'm, my goal is to have two or 300 students that are just following me and I'm helping them with their real estate. And I go, oh, well, that's great. They're going to need some tax and legal uh, how can I be of service? I mean, this is great. Thank you so much. Total pause. Well, uh, well, the groups that I speak on stage with, we, they, we, uh, 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 well, uh, we have a relationship with this company that they, they do their LLCs for free. And I go, really? Wow. That's great. Why? Well, just because, you know, uh, they want to sell them other things and, and I go, and do you get a kickback for that? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, why are you calling them? Why are you calling them to get the advice you need right now? Well, they're not lawyers and they don't know what they're doing, uh, really. So, but you, it's good enough to give them to your students, <laughs> but you yourself don't even use them. Who, know, who don't know enough to know that they're getting duped. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and the only reason... If some of you want listening, you know, you go to these real estate gurus, I could start listing their names and then I'll get some nasty letters and I don't need the time and effort of dealing with a slander accusation. But you know who they are and they're speaking and they're talking about good real estate strategies. And then they let some bozo on the stage sell entities for unlimited entities for a flat fee or no cost to entities so they can upsell crap and the speaker gets a kickback. No, you may say, well, Mark, why don't you do that? You can get on and say, because it's illegal for a lawyer to give a kickback to a non-lawyer on illegal work. That's why. And so we have these dipshits out there that aren't lawyers out there selling or giving away LLCs so they can upsell crap people don't need. And I'm sick and tired of it. Please stop paying for this stuff. Stop supporting it and ask your real estate coaches for real tax and legal. Damn it. Yeah, 
That was a you moment, James. Like that was a moment. Okay. Damn it. Yeah. Demanded. Uh, <laughs> here's the other. Here, I'll just say this. This would be. Uh, this is. I love what you said, Mark. We're we're we want to sell more LLCs. In many ways, it's counterintuitive for us to be like, stop doing all this. You would think we would say, no, just do the same thing with us because we're real lawyers. No, yeah. what they're doing does not make sense. I wouldn't do it for myself. Why would I incorporate this legal strategy for all my clients? So here's so when you get to asset protection, we have stuff that's way overcooked, way overdone, way overkill, overspent, way too much money, way too much administrative risk. You're paying more taxes, by the way, and fees to have that stupid structure. And then we have people that do nothing and have their head in the sand. There's a happy medium here. Everybody's a little different, like we said at the beginning, on how we tailor it. But I think the next two items we want to talk about, your risks and your assets, are the perfect starting point here. Are you really doing that type of thing with this unlimited LLC, whatever thing you bought? Okay, let's assess these two things because that's where asset protection starts. These are the next two points we want to hit. So let okay. me transition. We could. Yep. Number three. Number three. Okay. And this is so important. This is where asset protection starts. Assess your risks. Mm. This is like in the Boy Scout handbook. Mark, oh my you know? gosh. I love the Boy Scout handbook. Eagle Scouts here. Assess the situation. Step one. Step one. Okay. Approach cautiously. Step, two. <laughs> Step three, don't be part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wonder why you tell a Boy Scout that. These are 12-year-olds trying to you know, save lives. Don't become a victim yourself. And then number four, <laughs> seek help. I mean, it makes sense. In, in yeah. Boy Scout handbook, time-tested. Yeah. You're doing and first you aid. Might- Oh, Matt, Mark, that's obvious. No, this is where it starts. Assess your risks. You might be in a type of business or investments that are risky. You might be flipping properties where you've got subcontractors, people at a property, a new buyer that buys it or a tenant that goes into it after the whole thing's been rehabbed. Maybe you're a doctor or a medical professional that just gets sued all the time. We know it. There's malpractice lawyers advertising on TV all day to sue you. You know, Um, (laughs) I don't care what profession you're in. But some of us just have a little bit more high-risk business or operation that's going to ratchet up our asset protection planning. And as a lawyer, we want to assess that and kind of ratchet it up a little bit to know, all right, you've got more risks in your world. We want to do some additional planning to protect you and your assets from those risks. And not everyone has risks. Yep. Yep. I love it. And um, example. Like, let me say- Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I I think some examples are good. You might be selling used jeans on eBay. Not a lot of risk there. You know, someone might get a paper cut opening your package, right? Okay. You might be traveling this summer to county fairs doing bungee jumping off a crane. Okay. Could be a little risky. All right. All right. Uh, You you might be providing consulting on social media. Not a lot of risk. Uh, You might be a surgeon or a doctor delivering babies. Lots of risk. So people look at your lifestyle. If you live a pretty low risk lifestyle, we can 
adjust your asset protection plan accordingly. Sometimes we got to lock things down. I mean, you are a target for a lawsuit, you know, yeah. but other people, they're not. So, and you know what? Some of you mine, and I had a conversation with a client about this years ago and he, I can't remember. I think he was actually a dentist. And I was like, okay, you might have, I'm like, are you doing like surgery? Like, you know, you pulling wisdom teeth. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, are you just do, filling cavities and stuff? You know? And he's had a pretty modest practice, but I remember he said, he says, but my wife is a terrible driver. And he's like, honestly, I fear for her safety. And I've told her not to drive. And I wish she wouldn't, but she does. And she's like, and he was just terrified of a lawsuit just because of a, a weird little personal situation like that. Mm. So you got the rock star lifestyle. I'm serious. You got that rock star lifestyle, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, or whatever you're into. I mean, you've got more risks, and we have some of those clients. I hate to say yeah. it. I mean, you, their business might be pretty not as risky, but their personal life, a lot of liability options there. Totally. I mean, you can look at Matt and I. I'm a CPA. I'm very careful. I'm boring. I'm conservative. I make really wise decisions. You would never see me at a dance club in Vegas or just living large. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm going to be at Waffle House just, you know, having my waffle just nice and easy. Matt, total rock star. I mean, you want to party, you got to just look up Matt next time you're in Phoenix. You won't yeah. even remember what happened. I mean, you'll just come back with bruised. Your wallet will be missing. You'll, you know, you know, probably have lost a kidney possibly. Yeah. But you'll be like, yeah. that was fun. You know, so, all right. Now, number four, as you assess your risk, you're going to assess your assets. And this always blows my mind. And I'm not trying to beat up the newbie that's getting started building their wealth. But I have folks that call me up and they're like, oh my gosh, I need asset protection. I was at this workshop and I got to get asset protection. And luckily they called rather than buying the prepackaged crap. And they go, I need asset protection. I know I want to do it right. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, let's dive into it. Tell me about your assets. Well, I'm I'm driving a gremlin, like the one Winona Ryder <laughs> drives in, in Stranger Things. And I'm living in- Probably, space. that's a collectible. That's a collector's item. Yeah, those gremlins are collectibles. I go with that. Yeah. Um, you're saying they drive a POS. That's what you're saying. Yeah. No rentals, doesn't own their own home yet. Uh, and I'm just like, you know, we can tone down the asset protection and ratchet it up as you start to build some equity, you know? Yeah. And no sense on building a fence and a wall around nothing inside or building this huge vault or safe and not putting anything, having anything in it. What's <laughs> it protecting? Great comments, Matt. That was a good one. That's a new one for you. I really like that. Stumble into these. Yeah. Know. Matt Sorensen, people, Matt Sorensen will just come up with ideas just randomly. They're just now so I want to mark my work. Mark's going to use this in a later video or on stage somewhere, and he's going to claim it as his. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> on this day. <laughs> absolutely. You say it on this podcast, I own it. So. <laughs> That was that was my idea, damn it. In fact, let me give everybody a piece of advice. Do you really go out and buy a safe and have nothing to put in it? You wouldn't do that. So let's not do that with asset protection. See how that went? That was so smoothly. You can you can use that if you want. <laughs> well, that was, you know, once you hear someone else say it, then you throw a little spin on it, you know, say it a little simpler. Yep. Um but, okay. but seriously, so. Um, look at the assets you're trying to protect. The more assets you have, 
the more asset protection planning you have. The more risks you have, the more asset protection planning you have. Now, I do want to make one caveat, though, on the asset thing, because we do still have clients that have no assets, but we want to still do some asset protection planning for a couple reasons. Well, really, for one key reason, they have income. They've got a good job. They've got a profitable small business. They don't want a lawsuit against them that could attach and have a wage garnishment or take out money in their bank account or whatever. So they might have a lot of assets in terms of real estate or a stock portfolio or retirement accounts or cash or, or those types of assets, crypto, whatever it may be. But they've got a good income and they just can't, they just blow it all. Um, but they don't want that income to be jeopardized by a lawsuit either. So a, a large a, a profitable business that has income, even though you blow it all, that's still an asset we want to protect. We don't want judgments against that. I like it. Now, I want to call an Omaha, Omaha 32, Omaha. That's a, it's football <laughs> season. Yeah. Football Peyton season's Manning. almost upon us. That's a Peyton Manning. I, I thought that was so awesome watching football with Peyton Manning up at the line. It was so exciting to see. If, you, if you're not a football fan, even people, what's cool is they go to their huddle, they call the play, and then Peyton Manning would come up to the line and he'd see something. And you'd see him stand up, look around, and his genius would just say, Omaha, which means I'm changing the play. And you'd see all the players on the line look up at him and he'd call out a play, and then the defense would scurry around, and then he'd hike the ball and go. And I was just, that was so freaking awesome. I just, Sorry, it's football season almost. I'm so excited. It's almost here, yeah. It's almost I like here. that long explanation there of Omaha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you calling an audible? Where are you going? Oh, yeah, I'm calling an audible. By the way, yes, that was your indication that I want to call an audible. Okay, so here's my audible. Okay. We did not clarify what the audible is. Yep. Okay, rather than go talk about insurance right now, which was okay. typically our number five, and then umbrella insurance, which we've got to talk about people. That's five and six. Regular insurance and umbrella insurance, five and six. I kind of want to get into just being smart. We're kind of yeah. on this be smart stuff. And I, I, what do you think? Be smart and due diligence. Seven and eight. That'll be five and six. Be smart and then due diligence. What do you think? Okay. And then come to insurance. Then we'll still hit insurance. Okay. I like it. I mean, I don't want to miss insurance. Oh, right. we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Lot to okay. say about that. All right. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about be smart. Okay. All right. And there's a lot of things that go into this. Yeah. Let me just give an example on on be smart. What we mean by this. When you're out doing business or investing, you know there's stuff that's risky. Don't be a moron. Okay. <laughs> like, use your brain. All right. But I love your advice. Don't be a moron. <laughs> keep keep going. You're making. I love your detail in this. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm serious. Some people get excited about ma making money, either in a business, a real estate deal, whatever it may be, and they start overlooking stuff. They start doing dumb things that if they took a step back, they'd be like, that was totally stupid. I went into business with this person or did a real estate deal with this person. I didn't even freaking know. And I got ripped off I or I got sued because of something they did. Yep. When you're now, out this doing business with deals... Who you're doing business with is a huge risk. Yeah, Be smart with those people. Yeah. And this bleeds into due diligence. And so for some of you that might not be familiar with that term, it means doing your research on your person, on the deal, things like that. 
And so we might jump back and forth on some of these points, but on being smart to me means always getting it in writing. So many people think doing it via email or a handshake is okay, or sending over the money before the agreement's signed. Well, we're in a hurry. We're in a hurry. We got to move. And then I have people over the years have called and said, hey, so-and-so's not paying me. And I'll go, okay, well, show me the agreement. Well, we never got it signed because we were in such a hurry, but it's still binding, right? No, it's not. Well, they said this. I've got five emails from them that said they were going to do this. It's so sad. Yeah. There's something called the parole evidence rule, by the way. This is a really important legal tip. Parole evidence rule. This is not what's presented at your parole hearing, Mark. I know. I know. I I went back to my PO, my parole officer. For those of you that have a PO, you know what I'm saying? That's different. Yeah. Okay. Parole evidence is basically stuff outside of a contract. If you have a contract about something, real estate, business, operating for an LLC, but then you have all this other outside stuff like emails and stuff that's like, well, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And that stuff didn't make it into the contract. It's not enforceable. Okay. Mm-hmm. All we, this comes up so many times with new business owners, real estate managers. The contracts really matter. The details are important. We're saying be smart about it. If it was important enough to talk about and put in an email, put it in the damn contract at the yeah. end of the day. And I'm, I'm going to make you a promise, everybody. And I really, this is, this is the honest, this is not being facetious, or for those who don't know that word, this is not joking around. I promise you there will be another deal next week or next month. If someone's pressuring you, and I'm saying this especially to the ladies, and it sucks out there. There's a lot of jerks out there that are going to pressure you and go on a motion or whatever it takes to pressure you to do a deal and say, you don't have time to talk to your lawyer or, oh, I already have a lawyer on the deal. <laughs> I know you got a comment on that, Matt. But <laughs> if, if people say, we got to move quick, and you said, well, Mark, I had to move quick. That's when you use me as an excuse or Matt. You say, I'm sorry, but I promised Mark or I promised Matt that I would have they, them or one of their attorneys look at the agreement. Well, you don't need to. Yes, I did. I promised it to them. And I, I, I literally did. I've got to do that because there will be another deal. Now, that doesn't mean you can go into analysis paralysis where all you do is look at deal after deal after deal and never pull the trigger. But we don't want to go to the other extreme. But at the same token, you can feel good in your heart and feel good in your mind. And you say, when those two things align and I'm not being pressured, okay, I might take the leap. Yeah, there's going to be a risk. It's okay. Buckle up. But don't do it under pressure. And 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 I promise you there'll be another deal. But Matt, there yeah. was a lawyer there, right? Yeah. So when someone says, oh, my lawyer's already reviewed these documents. They're good. Don't worry about it. In fact, you don't even need to read them. Just go ahead and sign. Okay. All right. That's like when you get arrested and you're at the, you know, this is law and order and you're in the police station and they're like, oh, we got a lawyer here and it's the prosecutor. Oh, okay. So I should just tell you everything, you know? Okay. That's not your lawyer. All right. They're not looking out for you. They're not going to throw you in the, in the can. All right. They want to lock you up. All right. So employee representing your interests. All right. That's what look for. Someone's going to advocate for you. Find the stuff that matters for you. Now, I have one other thing, because when it comes to contracts, and we're kind of hitting back a little bit due diligence contracts, is this is a really important point, something I've been saying for a long time. A bad contract makes a good deal bad. You can have a great deal, 
a great investment or business opportunity. If you have a crappy contract, that thing's not going anywhere. It's not going to work. It's just going to fail. Okay. You've got to have good contracts in these types of things, particularly the really, really good deals. Those are the ones that fall apart when you don't have a great contract. See, and this is why people, I love this podcast because did we say you had to spend thousands of dollars on an entity in Wyoming or Nevada or a trust offshore or a land trust or an irrevocable trust or hide this or hide that? No, just, just be careful. Just be, look for reasons why you should do the deal, not reasons of why you shouldn't do it. Now, that's very subtle, everybody. Let me repeat that. And I fall prey to this. Matt Sorensen knows this. I am so trusting. I have quit interviewing for employees anymore. I always look for the good in people. I'm looking for reasons not to hire a person rather than reasons to hire a person. See, and there's the difference. When someone presents a deal and you're like, oh my gosh, this looks like a great deal. You're looking around of why not to do it. That's the wrong perspective. You should be like, I'm not going to do this unless I'm talked into it. Like, there better be some damn good reasons why I do this. That puts your, your, your guard up. It makes you careful. It makes you smart. Mm, love that. Okay. Um, okay, last. This is what before even like again the entities, the all the other the trusts and all these other things you could be doing. Okay, what we're talking about now is how to protect yourself from even having a liability in a, in the first place. Mm-hmm. The stuff and everything is like you've already got a judgment against yourself. Okay, you're already sick. This is like preventative. Healthcare. This is preventative asset protection. We want to prevent you from having a liability in the first place. All right. So, uh, so be smart out there. It it may sound a little simple, but again, in business and investing, sometimes our emotions take over. We get excited about stuff, or sometimes we're just new to it and we don't know the normal course of things. We don't know that it's okay to do diligence. We don't know that it's okay to say have your lawyer review this. We don't know that. All these little pieces that that we're talking about here, we just haven't done it before. So just be smart, take your time, um, get stuff in writing, ask the right questions. Um, And I I think like what you said, Mark, is make it make sense in your mind and in your heart. Feel good about it. Um, And and once those two things are both convinced, you're ready to go. Okay. Now I'm almost ready to read this little testimonial, but before we do it, let's, let's now vet a little bit of due diligence. So everything we said was about really focused on taking proper steps, being careful, not being pressured. I mean, we could talk about this for a whole podcast, which we have. If you look into our podcast history, we have due diligence podcasts in our sister podcast, the Directed IRA podcast, and in prior shows here on Main Street, we talk about being careful with your investments. But due diligence and good asset protection is two things in my opinion. It's knowing the deal and knowing the people you're dealing with. And they're two different things. You may say, I know this deal is good, but you kind of have a bad feeling about the person. Or you may have a good feeling about the person, but you have no idea what the hell you're doing. And <laughs> I'll, maybe Matt, can I take the know the deal part and then you take the know the person part? <laughs> is that okay? Love it. <laughs> okay. All right. Know the, know the deal part. I have two comments. One is Warren Buffett is famous for this. He would say, I never invest in anything I don't understand. If I don't know how they make money or what the product is, I don't buy it. And every year in Omaha, Nebraska, this retreat, it's in Omaha, right? He gets, or am I just thinking I, Peyton Manning? I think it is in Omaha, I, right? I, I, 
The Oracle of Omaha. The yeah. Oracle of Omaha. See, man, I, I used Omaha twice in my show today, two different reasons. Yeah. I mean, I'm, we want the city of Omaha needs to send us some love. All yeah, right. we want to give you some love. So uh, the Chamber of <laughs> Commerce of Omaha is the sponsor of today's show. I want to give a big reach out to Tom Wagner, the CEO of uh, Chamber of Commerce. I don't know who it is. I'm just <laughs> Okay, anyway. All right. <laughs> now, knowing the deal, number two, I had this Texas client that was just so colorful. And he was like, if I, if I don't understand the deal, then I ain't doing it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, Mark, in every deal, I look around the table. And if I can't figure out who the dumb money is, it's me. And I get up and walk away. Because he's like, there's always dumb money at the table. And I want to know who that idiot is. And if I can't figure out who it is, I'm out. And I'm like, oh, that's smart. <laughs> so, you know, so uh, know what you're doing. Know what you're doing. That's my point. What, what about people? Uh, I mean, you brought that up, partners. I mean. Ugh. Yeah, well, here's just a, a simple example. And I just remember this lesson just for myself. Um, so let's just take a simple rental property, okay? Buying a rental property. You know the deal. You analyze the property to death. You've shopped the right mortgage rates, or you've negotiated some awesome creative financing on the deal. You know the market it's in. You know the rents you can get. You've got this expectation, and you've ran some analysis on how it's going to appreciate. You've even thought about the tax benefits and all this stuff. You're like, man, you like, you got an awesome deal. And then you buy the thing. And then you rent it to the first moron that sends in an application to be your tenant. Okay? Because <laughs> that tenant is in business with you. They're either going to pay you every month or they're not. All right? And this only works if you have a, a good tenant. And so it may seem simple, but you need to be choosy about the people you're doing business with that are going to pay you in a deal, like a tenant. Um, maybe you're hard money lending and it's borrowers. Maybe you're going into a business adventure and someone's supposed to do a bunch of work. Do your background and research on that person as much as you do in the deal itself. Oh, I love it. Now, by the way, this reminds me, I've got to go back to being smart. People, quit paying workers under the table. Let me just repeat that. Quit trying to save money and pay someone under the table. They get hurt. They screw it up. They break something. They start a lawsuit. Guess who's liable? You are. So for crying out loud, hire reputable people or don't do it at all or do it yourself. But quit paying people. Well, they only do it if I pay them under the table. Then tell them to take a hike and go live in a different country. Because you know why they want to get paid under the table? Because they don't want to pay taxes like you and me. Now, there's tax yeah. strategies out there to pay the least amount, but to have someone say, well, I just get paid under the table. I was at a farmer's market, Matt. This is funny. I was at a farm. Oh, dang, there was something <laughs> yeah. I wanted to talk about on the show. I've got to remember. But I was at a farmer's market about a month ago, and about half the farmer's market would take cash only, and the other half was like, yeah, yeah I'll take a, I'll swipe my card, whatever. And people, came, I'd go up to them. I started getting pissed. So I'd walk in, not me. I know many of you can't imagine that. But I started going <laughs> up to people and like, how much for your, you know, steaks or your whatever the blueberry jam or vegetables or whatever. And they tell me and I'd be like, okay, here's my card. Or do you do Apple pay? No, I only take cash. Really? You only take cash. Why is that? Why is that? I, you can't take, you don't know how this works. Let me show you how this works. And I just start demeaning them. Well, I know how it works. Well, then why are you doing it? Well, uh, 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 the owner said so. Really? Well, your owner's a freaking criminal. 
you know? And I freaking just unload and walk away. I'm going to go buy it somewhere else because I'm going to buy it from an American citizen that's willing to pay some taxes. And then they, they're just mad. And I'm like, damn, straight. Yeah. And let me, let me say to you, business owners, this includes real estate investors, is if you're paying people under the table, guess what that means? You're not doing. You're not expecting it. Yeah. Okay. You're not <laughs> getting a write-off. All right. Okay. You just lost. I mean, that, that money is totally not expense. So um, a lot of reasons, tax included, of why you should be paying, paying people under the table. Okay. Now. All right. You ready? But did you get the blueberry jam at the end of the day? I did. The farmer's market? And I paid okay. with Apple Pay and proud of it. Okay. So you even so, bought two probably. Yep. So F U Sun Valley Farms that would only take cash, whatever your names were. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Here's my here's my paper. All right. Now this is for those that are able to watch on YouTube, you can see this tattered piece of paper here. Uh is that the declaration? <laughs> yeah, this, is, this has been used in court. Did feel that for you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Benjamin Franklin helped pen this. I want to point that out. No. Okay. No, this is seriously. A woman walked up to me at the end of a workshop. I think it was in Phoenix, Matt, at least 10 plus years ago. And she had tears in her eyes and just handed me this note. And I was like, oh, no. Did I offend her? You know, I mean, my jokes are so clean and never racy or empty. So I thought I couldn't have offended her, but um, no, she handed this to me and, and, and I, there were people around, I'm signing a book or whatever. And then I, I read this later back in the room, <clears throat> another sad story, question mark. One main reason I was drawn into real estate investing is I'm going to read it word for word. Sometimes there's a little grammar issue here, but we're going to do it. One main reason I was drawn into real estate investing is because the first time I heard the term, quote, real estate investor, was when my husband announced that he was investing the full amount of his retirement to a longtime acquaintance who was an, quote, obviously, quote, successful, quote, real estate investor, end quote. My husband asked few questions as to where the money would be invested nor did he require liability beyond a two-page contract. Neither did he consult with an attorney or CPA because it was, quote, too expensive, quote. <clears throat> I, on the other hand, at the time, knew nothing of real estate investing but asked one question of this acquaintance, Mr. Tim, and I won't say his name. Quote, shouldn't we have a pile of paperwork to sign? Question mark, quote. Like I remember when we got a mortgage. Mr. P retorted, quote, what is the matter? Don't you trust me? End quote. Then he looked at my husband and said, quote, G, the husband's name, this is so unusual to have the wife involved in these investment deals. Quote. After 18 months, I became aware of this. I became aware that we were receiving no income from Mr. P. I insisted on getting an attorney who is trying to investigate this for us. Also, the SEC is investigating him. 
Mr. P obviously knew much about all this asset protection stuff. Final paragraph. This information is bittersweet for me. It is good to know for the future as I prepare to start my life over. But upsetting to think that Mr. P has maybe and probably successfully secured our $2 million retirement fund for himself. See, wow. That is what asset protection is, is we said be smart, but also it's okay to have some backbone. It's okay to push back. And, and I, some people feel like I, I can't believe that comment that that person made, like, this is very unusual to have the wife in the room. I mean, if I was the wife, I'd be like, I'm the one that signs the check on this 2 million or approves 2 million going out. I think a lot of people, when you're investing money, you have the power. Okay. You're like the bank. Okay. They're going to put all these conditions on. They're going to investigate everything before they release money on something. Okay, you need to be doing the same thing with your money when you come across an investment deal. I know we want to be nice. I know we want to be kind. I know we don't want to create a scene or anything. But this is business. It's your money. You got to protect it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many lessons to learn from this very, very sad message. And you can see many of you why I've kept this for years. I um, I just think of um, we had an SEC investigator come on our show. Uh, a year or two ago, who wrote a book on fraud. And he said, the number one fraud in America is affinity fraud, where it's someone you know, someone in church, someone down the neighborhood, in your real estate club, in your investment club, family. (laughs) And we don't take the extra precaution that we should because we think we know them. And so I just want to say the best asset protection is just being careful, smart, doing your due diligence, And then all this entity stuff and trust and structure stuff, that comes next. And you need it. You need both. Be careful, people. Be careful. Yeah. All right. I think that's a great lesson right there. All right. All right. Let's get on to something very exciting. Insurance. Insurance. (laughs) Woo. Everybody's still listening to the podcast after we say, well, now let's talk about insurance. Okay. Uh, all right. Now, not umbrella insurance. You're going to just do regular okay, insurance first. Let's do regular, and then okay. let's do umbrella. Okay? okay. All right. Let me talk about regular insurance. I want to give a couple examples to that. We want you to have insurance. LLCs and entities are not a substitute for insurance. You're still going to want to have insurance. All right? But insurance doesn't protect everything. And in fact, many of you might have insurance that doesn't even cover the risks that you have. So when you go back to your risk assessment that we talked about earlier, think about what risks you have. Did you have a home that you bought and moved out of that's now a rental property? Did you update that rental property with your insurance agent? Did you call them and tell them, hey, I need to change this from a homeowner policy to a landlord policy because I might have a tenant that could sue me. If you didn't change that, that risk that you had is not protected under the insurance. So. You want to make sure that the risks you have are being covered by the insurance that you're paying for. Love it. And you know, people, it it's so easy. And I know you don't want to do it. You want to call the little 
Gecko. That's just so easy. And, or you want to call flow and say, Hey, I need insurance. The end. You don't tell them that you're a realtor and might have cut clients in the car. You don't tell them you might have a rental property. You don't tell them you might have teenage drivers. You keep the information to a minimum because you want the lowest possible premium. I get it. I get it. But you're only hurting yourself. Because let me just tell you, when you have that claim, and some of you have had those claims, bender, bender, whatever. I'm sorry. Did you call your insurance agent and they said, oh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry this happened. Let me rush over to your home and write you a check. We would love to pay on this claim. That's not yeah. a problem at all. Don't worry about your provisions or your policy. We'll cover whatever the hell happened. Is that what happened to you people? Because if, if that's not what happened to you, <laughs> you got the wrong idea of what insurance companies are about. <laughs> you have got to go through your life with your insurance agent and make sure the shiz you're doing is covered. Yeah. Freaking and let me just say, even though I, I do love a good insurance agent. Okay. And if many of you are, have a bigger business or something, you have excellent insurance professionals, but if you're dealing with Jake at state farm, and you know, sometimes Jake is great. Sometimes I love Jake. Jake is, I know sometimes Jake doesn't know what he's talking about. All right. Yeah. I mean, First of all, does anyone really wear khakis anymore? I, I mean, I knew you were going to say that. Okay, I, I, I'm wearing khakis today. Look, I, I, I'm trying to get on camera here with my YouTube. Okay, these are khakis. Man, I can't believe you just said that. Jeez. Yeah, I'm, just, uh, I'm not a fan of khakis. And by the way, cargo shorts are coming back apparently. <laughs> hey, not with cargo shorts. No. Matt, these are sweet khakis. These are the khakis where I can unzip them at the knee. Those are legit. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, because you need to do that. You know, when you're like, there's like a there's like a convertible or something. I'm like, let's take the top down. <laughs> yeah. Hold it. Sorry, let me get my fanny pack and I'll show you. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay. All right. Jake. All right, let me get Jake's cool. But okay. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes Jake has limitations. Sometimes, like Mark said, you might be withholding information and not even giving the information they need to tell you what insurance coverage you should have. But sometimes Jake at State Farm is not that great, okay? No. This is where, and I'm gonna go back, you need to be captain of your own ship, okay? Tell them what you need. Get educated about the type of insurance someone should have in your line of business, okay? And then go demand it from your insurance agent, okay? So. And you don't need to learn all types of insurance, everything out there. Just learn it for what you do, all right? If you're a doctor, you probably know about malpractice, all right? Well, how much malpractice should someone have? What should different types of coverage should this include, okay? Like, think about those things that are going to apply to your type of business. Learn about what's done in your industry and then go to your agent. Because Jacob State Farm, honestly, might not know your industry. Yeah. He might not know what type of insurance someone that does bug spray should have, you know? Yeah. Well, you're spraying chemicals in people's houses and- you might have workers doing the same. I don't know what type of insurance you have. I don't even freaking know. I'm just saying, you might want to look into that for yourself. Yep. You might be on the phone with Jake late at night, telling him the truth about your life. That's okay. Yeah. If your wife walks in and says, who are you telling this to? You say, Jake. She may not believe you, but, <laughs> but you are, you know, Jake's oh, on the other one. What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you wearing, Jake at State Farm? Khakis. <laughs> Okay, now, okay, eight. We're going to go to, are we at eight? Yeah, we're at eight. 
Umbrella insurance. Okay. Okay. Umbrella. Now, we did a whole show on Umbrella. Uh, I've written articles on Umbrella. I have Umbrella insurance. I think Umbrella insurance is great. I love it because it's so freaking cheap. Matt, tell me why it's so cheap. <laughs> because it hardly covers anything and no one ever uses it. <laughs> Isn't that the best type of insurance? If you're an insurance company and you want to sell something, what type of insurance do you want to sell? The stuff that no one ever makes a claim on, that only, uh, that only is used once all other insurance has been exceeded. And by the way, that's only insurance that covered your loss. So let's break down what insurance is. This is the big misconception about umbrella. Okay. People think of the word umbrella and they think, oh, you mean like the umbrella that I put over the top of my head when it rains and I don't get wet, you know? And it covers everything? No, it's not that type of insurance. <laughs> A better word for umbrella insurance would be excess insurance. Umbrella does not cover anything new. If you buy an umbrella insurance policy, that does not cover anything new at all. All it is covering is stuff you already have insurance for. And once that insurance you already have in place is exceeded, then you can make a claim on the umbrella. Okay, so think about it more as excess insurance. It's adding more insurance to insurance coverage you already have. It's not going to cover anything new at all. Yep, love it. Um, I had an interesting experience. It was about a month ago or so, six, eight weeks ago. I had a good friend say, Hey, will you look at my umbrella insurance policy? I really assessed whether or not this was a good friend because who wants to read an insurance policy? And I thought, how much can I charge for this? I would never do this. Shoot me in the, the head, please. Double, double. If you want double. to read insurance, hourly rate is double. Yeah. It's a who wants to? <laughs> I, you don't want to read an insurance policy, let alone an umbrella insurance policy. But I was talked into it and I fell for it and I was in. But I kind of got excited because I'm like, to be honest with a lot of you, I'm going to be honest here on the show. I hadn't read an umbrella insurance policy start to finish, I don't think ever. And I mean, I'd read provisions and this and that, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I pulled out a yellow, a yellow highlighter and a red pen. And I said, I'm going to read this thing. Now, it was actually only about six pages, double-sided, size 10 font, but... Um, <laughs> double column. But anyway, I was able to, get, you know, the first parts are all the whereases and wherefores and all that crap. But anyway, when I got to it, this client was going to spend around two to three grand. It was about 2,500. It was an umbrella policy for business, uh, a boat and a home. And I thought, okay. And what was interesting, it was just clear as day is it said, we cover after your current insurance policy agrees to pay and pays out policy limits, and then there's an excess amount owing. Only in that event do we even pay. So if your regular insurance doesn't choose to cover it, or they cover whatever's needed, and there's nothing else left, we don't owe. We have nothing. We don't do anything. And yeah. so... We come to find out this client had enough insurance on their home, enough insurance in the business and chose to say, you know what, let's just get it on the boat. You know, if some kid gets hurt on the boat or we run over something or someone, or whatever, you know, some terrible experience on a lake, I'll, I'll take the umbrella. And so we, we were able to save close to two grand. The umbrella policy just for the boat was maybe four to 500 bucks. And because Matt, you even said this the other day. You said to someone, just to increase your policy limits on your regular insurance does the same thing. 
Yeah, we had. I had a client shopping and was going to get an umbrella, and I explained to him what an umbrella was, and he was like totally floored. First of all, he's like, "That is not how the insurance agent explained it to me." Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, because that's not going to bode well for their commissions. But what he did, he did want more insurance coverage. So what he did was he just went back to his agent and he upped the coverage in the areas where he had concerns or he felt like his coverage wasn't high enough. And it was way cheaper than the umbrella. So when you're considering an umbrella, consider like Mark, well, where's that extra risk? Maybe it's just an additional policy that's actually going to cover something like the boat at the lake that you didn't really have enough coverage for in the first place or any coverage at all. Or look at the policy you have. And the client I had would have multiple rental properties. You just wanted to throw an umbrella on top of it. I figured that would be the easier way. No, it was actually cheaper to just raise the limits on those properties um, than to buy the umbrella. So consider those alternatives. Know what you're getting and actually buying when you have umbrella. I love it. I love it. Well, here's my Omaha, Omaha 24, Omaha 32, 6A, Omaha. Okay, that was my audible. Did you get that? Okay, here's what I say. We call this show eight to be great. We've got our level one asset protection. We did yeah. eight to be great and little, you know, uh, what do you call it? It's not spoiler alert, a little uh, preview, pre, you know, little uh, preview here, uh, trailer. And our next episode will hit things like, when do you set up an entity? Now we need to protect you from your business operations, your rentals. Do you use a domestic asset protection trust or a foreign entity or privacy that may be level three, but I think in level two, we can certainly get into the entities, maybe series LLCs, these COPE entities. What do you think, Matt? Yeah. What state do you set up the entity in? When do you use corporations versus LLCs? Okay. Uh, we'll talk about, what about trusts? I heard I should use a land trust and all these types of things. We'll hit those questions. These are the structures that people are using, and we'll tell you what we recommend and what thinks legit and what's total BS. So we'll break that down. That's really level two. And it's about, like Mark said, it's protecting you from your business or risks of the of your assets. Right? We want to protect you and all your assets from the risks that you have from operations that you may have in your businesses or in your rental properties, other assets you might have. I love it. Well, Mr. Sorensen, I think we can call it a wrap. So right. people, thank you for being here. Thank you for participating in the Main Street Business Podcast. Hopefully you can see our hearts and our minds, our effort. We are all in. We love doing the show. We love being here with you. We're going to do level two, level three, probably throw in an open forum show somewhere in the mix. Please like the show, share it, love it, heart it, thumb it up, five star that, <laughs> 10 star it. What what else can you do? I just share, kudos, yeah. subscribe. Uh, I, I don't know. But we just, you know, help get the good word out. That's all we're saying. And if you have negative feedback, you can send that to mark at markjcolor.com, of course. Uh, loves to get those types of emails also. Yep. Oh, and for our open forum show, we've got a new plugin on our uh, the website, Main Street Business Podcast or MainStreetBusiness.com. It'll take you to the same spot. Submit a question. Click on that. You'll see other questions that have been submitted. You can submit your own heart, maybe some of the other prior messages or questions so we know which ones are important. And uh, we'll see you uh, next week, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks.